podcast invites you to join us to study the daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Emma Kipley-Agman, Assistant Rabbi of Beth Jacob Congregation in Mendota Heights, Minnesota. And today we're learning Daf Mem Vav 46 of Masechet Shabbat. Daf Mem Vav continues our investigation of what we may and may not carry on Shabbat, riffing off the Mishnah's original question of whether one might carry a lamp or under what, under what circumstances it would be forbidden. The poles of our conversation are Rabbi Yehuda, who permits carrying a lamp only if it is unused, and Rabbi Shimon, who forbids carrying a lamp only if it is currently lit. The rabbinic community of discourse and practice includes both camps and moderate perspectives in the middle, so challenges arise when those who hold opposite perspectives strive to be in community together. Rav Malkia ikla lavei Rabbi Simlai v'tiltel shraga v'ikpid Rabbi Simlai. Rav Malkia went to visit Rabbi Simlai carrying a lamp. Rabbi Simlai got angry. Rabbi Yossi from Gilil went to visit Rabbi Yossi b'Rabbi Chanina carrying a lamp. Rabbi Yossi b'Rabbi Chanina got angry. Rabbi Abahu went to visit Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi carrying a lamp. When he went to visit Rabbi Yochanan, he didn't. Rabbi Abahu seems to have found a practical solution to colliding spheres of opposing practice, to behave differently in different circumstances so that no one would get angry. But the Talmud critiques Rabbi Abahu for his inconsistency. If he held like Rabbi Yehuda, he should act accordingly. If he held like Rabbi Shimon, he should act accordingly. How, after all, could a position be considered legitimate if it flip-flops based on the desires of others? Then the Talmud answers its own question. He held like Rabbi Shimon, but out of respect for Rabbi Yochanan, he didn't act that way. If the primary value of the Jewish tradition were consistency, Rabbi Abahu's position would be untenable. He should establish a consistent practice for himself and stick to it. The Talmud's answer, though, to its own challenge is a source of inspiration for our Jewish practice in a diverse Jewish world today. Each of us practicing with authenticity and legitimacy might ask ourselves how, out of respect for the others we encounter, we might alter our practice in their presence to make sure they will also feel comfortable. We might read this moment of Talmudic pluralistic compromise as a frumous common denominator move. That is, the rabbi whose practice is less restrictive on Shabbat voluntarily takes on a restriction to help the more restrictive rabbi feel comfortable in his presence. This would be along the lines of the classic campus claim of let's just have a man-made kiddush so everyone can participate, or the conservative shul move of anyone who has an aliyah must wear a yarmulke. But here there is something different. Rabbi Abahu is visiting Rabbi Yochanan in his home, so there is something of a guest adopting the practices of a host for Shabbat to live in the space of the home as the host frames it. But for us, hosts also have the opportunity to ask what will help their guests feel comfortable. How can I make sure that any guest can bring something to contribute to a meal in my home, regardless of the coffee of their kitchen? 
How do I avoid embarrassing my guests when they spend Shabbat in my home? Out of respect for one another, we can take advantage of the flexible space in Jewish practice that allows us to live together. Our values of respect and shared ritual space will trump our inclination towards precise internal consistency. Another rabbinic home visit graces our page. The rabbis argue about whether a petroleum-based fuel lamp would be mukta on Shabbat, would be set aside for Shabbat. Rav Yehuda says that it is permitted to carry an oil lamp, but forbidden to carry a petroleum lamp. Rabba and Rav Yosef both say that a petroleum lamp is also permitted. In the context of this conversation, Rav Avya goes to visit Rabba. Rav Avya's feet are covered with clay from the journey, and he sits down and puts his feet up on Rabba's couch. Rava is angry, and he takes out his mood on Rav Avya by peppering him with questions of Jewish law. Why is it, he asks, that Rava and Rav Yosef think it is permitted to carry a petroleum lamp? Rav Avya answers, because you could use the lamp as the cover for another vessel. Rava argues, but you could carry around any rock in the courtyard if you say that. A stone could also be the cover for another dish. Rav Avya answers, the lamp is itself a vessel. The rocks are not vessels. And we have a teaching that we may apply to, that we may carry bracelets, earrings, and rings in a courtyard because the law of vessels applies to them. Here too, the law of vessels should apply. Rav Avya has answered Rava's challenge by identifying a halachic principle that will allow the carrying of a petroleum lamp. With the story, the Gemara offers a new dimension of mukta for these pages, the idea that raw materials are to be avoided on Shabbat, but something that, has already, that already has form, here called the kli, a vessel, may be manipulated. The same action covering a cup could be done with two different objects, but the outcome is different. The choice of object matters. The raw materials are perhaps too alluring for Shabbat, too tempting to engage in the kind of creative act that would turn them into something else. But a pre-made vessel is inert, can be used, and will not be changed by using it. So in the story of Rav Avia's visit to Rava, the Gemara has brought us a solution to the halachic challenge, but has left unresolved the interpersonal challenge that, rose, that arose from Rav Avia's bad manners and Rava's angry response. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak closes the story by saying, Brich Rachaman, a blessed is the merciful one, that Rava was not able to embarrass Rav Avya. Was Rav Nachman grateful that Rav Avya was able to find a halachic reason to carry the lamp? Or was he grateful that the conversation on Jewish law, which was initiated as a veiled interpersonal attack and a way of venting suppressed anger, did not cause lasting emotional harm for Rav Avya? Picking a fight may have made Rava feel better about the imposition of Rav Avya's feet on his couch, but it carried a real danger of harming another human being. Perhaps Rav Nachman simply expresses the feeling of relief at a crisis averted. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.